yo, hey yo, hey yo, what up, homie? It's Tony Revenge is so sweet, and I move with artillery, roaming the streets. My guns is jolly. Hello, world, and welcome to Cartridge Club Portable. I'm your host, Curtis Freisel, and this month my very special guest is none other than, I believe, the tallest member of the Cartridge Club, Matt Bandy. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good, Curtis. Thank you. Now, Thank you. correct me. I, you are the tallest. How tall are you? I am six foot six, to be exact. Is it true? Not, Only six yeah, foot six? Yeah. I, I'm... Um, I'm not sure if I'm the tall. It depends on how tall Musty is. Uh, I've heard he's tall. I don't know how tall he is. But, um, yeah, I think it's between the two of us. Well, we're throwing down the hammer right now. Six foot six. Musty, can you beat that? You seem yeah, so much taller in, in real life, but maybe that's because I'm so short. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that, yeah, I, I am the tallest member of the Cartridge Club. I'm, I'm going to give you that crown right now, too. I mean, we have a picture from last year at the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo. Yeah. Me, you, uh, Vintage Video Game Geek, NES Complex, and Chris Roberts. All of you guys are over six foot, and I am not. So I You're look really short. Flannel. And you, yeah, yeah, that's right. We're all wearing flannel. That was great. Uh, well, thank you for uh, joining us today, Matt, on CC Portable. Very exciting episode today. Uh, this month's CC Portable game we played Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars for the Nintendo DS, the PSP, and then it's also on iOS or Android if you really want to torture yourself. Neither of us played that version. However, I did play it on the Nintendo DS, and Mr. Bandy here played it on the PSP, correct? That's correct. I played it on the PSP, and uh, my initial idea was that I wanted to play it, finish it on the PSP, and then track down a copy of the DS version and play that. <laughs> So I could see what the differences were and experience both, but that did not happen. Ooh! I played. I finished it, but I only I only played it on the PSP. Oh well, maybe we'll get to why in a little bit, and I'm sure we'll have much to talk about in regards to the differences between the two. But first, I have a confession to make. I do. This is actually the very first Grand Theft Auto game I've ever played. Can you believe that? I can believe it because um, it is actually the first Grand Theft Auto game I have ever played as well. What? And when I say that, I mean that I've played GTA before in the way where I just drove around a car and shot a bunch of people up. Um, I think I initially played it on the PlayStation 2 when I was in college when it first came out. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, it was kind of all the rage. But um, yeah, I never, I never actually played it for more than ten minutes. And when I was playing, I was just causing mayhem. I think I'm so. in the same boat where I kind of saw the sandboxy like elements, but I never like saw the game, the missions, the story. I never saw any of that stuff for any of the other games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same with me. I hadn't experienced any of that, any of the cutscene, any of the dialogue, none of that. Just the, um, just the the gameplay kind of. Well, that's crazy that this is the first GTA game for both of us. Yeah. Um, so we don't really have a frame of reference to compare it to the other game. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to accurately review this game. Uh, but as far as I can tell, this is sort of like a hybrid of the original two GTA games. You know, like the, the overhead um, style, the, the, the like top-down view um, sprinkled in with some of the sandboxy elements of the more modern GTAs, um, I think. I don't know. I really don't know. When you say the, are you talking about the PC version of the well, GTA? Like, like, like the original Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto 2. Okay. This is actually the first Cartridge Club portable game that has a legit story. Donkey Kong, you know, it's like Save Pauline, Tetris definitely yeah. doesn't have a story this actually has a story and i tried i really did i tried to pay attention to what the story is could you follow this story at all it it was hard for me to follow the story because it kind of got off track i think in a lot of uh, instances where uh uh, you were switching back and forth between who you were working for. Mm -hmm. it, was, it, was, it was it was hard for me to uh, to keep on track with the story or 
I maybe just didn't really care about the story too much. Yeah, I, that was kind of where it was for me. Like, I tried to pay attention, and then, oh gosh, maybe like a fourth or a quarter of the way through the game, I was just like, I can't keep up with this. There's too many diverging pathways and stories and people, and I can't keep track of everyone. So I kind of forgot that. But initially, the story of the game has you playing as Wang, Wang Lee. That's, that's the uh, protagonist of the game. And he's the son of a triad boss. And you are, uh, it starts out, you're on a plane, you're traveling to Liberty City to bring your uncle this, like, sacred sword or something, right? That's yeah, essentially it. Was, it like, Because his father, was his father a triad too? Well, his father had, like, died, had been killed. Right, but he was in China. He was in China. And this is Liberty City. This is, like, the... Oh the Liberty City chapter of the triads. And anyway, so you're supposed to bring your uncle this sword, and then, of course, things go wrong, the sword is, you know, stolen, and thus our story begins. And, and it, it begins as you trying to, A, find out who killed your father, and B, track down this sword. And then there's a million subplots along the way. Yes. And this gameplay style-wise, it's... Like, like we said, it's it's more of that classic Grand Theft Auto 1 and Grand Theft Auto 2 style where it's really top-down, um, none of the kind of behind third-person view that you're used to today. It's the old-school style. Um, and you alternate between missions, and then when you're not doing missions, you have kind of the open-world aspect of the game, um, and a big emphasis in Chinatown Wars is selling drugs. That's how you earn money. That's a... a big factor of the game apparently compared to the other games i guess you don't do that in the other games but you do it a lot in this game um and then there's some other mini games you can do that were often hard to find i found did you did you have a hard time with that i i think i only did one other mini game that i think i found by accident and that was the uh the tattoo mini game did you play that one not at all i okay. don't even know what you're talking about all right, so it might have been at, at the end of one of the missions where you're having to round up other members to become part of the triad gang, and you do that, and then you end up tattooing um, the members, or maybe some of the members that you got uh, to join the gang, you tattoo them with the, uh, the triad's uh, gang uh, symbols. Hmm. And it was... Uh, you you go into a, a tattoo parlor, and it's it was almost like a rhythm game, to where it would give you it would show what directions you were to move um, the D pad, and if you did it correctly, the tattoo would be nice. If you did it bad, it wouldn't. Uh, uh, you know, it would it would come out poorly. And uh, you were you were given money. Money, um, depending on how well you did the tattoo, and uh, if you did bad enough, they would kick you out, and uh, you couldn't tattoo there anymore. It was it was actually it was actually kind of fun. It was fun. Uh, okay, the way you said yeah. it, you didn't say it very enthusiastically. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really I I enjoy rhythm games a lot. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah, I find myself I probably played that for a good twenty minutes in was probably 15 minutes longer than I probably needed to play in the game. But, uh, and I didn't get much money out of it, but, uh, yeah. So that was, I think that was the only little mini, uh, uh, side quest, uh, game that I played. Well, I want to remind everyone too, you played it on the PSP, the PlayStation Portable, while I played it on the Nintendo DS. So I'm sure given that it was a tattoo side mission that had I played it, which I didn't, I would have been using the stylus because you use the stylus left, right, and center in this game. Oh my God, did you use the stylus? I so did not want to use the stylus as yeah. much as I did. But uh, we'll get that in. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to that in a second because first I got to get my big question out there. I always got a big question, and my big question for GTA Chinatown Wars is this: Is Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars a satisfying? handheld representation of the franchise now you've never played any of the other games mr bandy 
but would you say this was a satisfying handheld representation of the franchise? It's a very good question. From what I've seen from other gameplay of the series, I would say that, yes, this is a probably, as far as handhelds go, a, a satisfying representation of the franchise. I think I'm in the same boat because... It's, it's hard with since neither of us have played a GTA game before. This is our you know our first point of reference. So, right, and and but it it seems as if the spirit of the other games are there now. Whether or not this is a good portable game is another question. Yes, I see you pointing at me. That's another question. Yeah, yeah. You know, before we yeah. get into our you know, quote unquote, review of the game. I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm iffy on this game. It was a struggle. Yeah, to it was. Get it was it. a. It was a coin toss for me. Yeah, and it was. It was an interesting game when it was first released because this was, I believe, the first. Well, no, it was, and it is still the first and only GTA game that was specifically crafted to, for a handheld device. I mean, Liberty City Stories and Vice City Stories were, but they weren't really. And this was the only one, I believe, that was developed for a Nintendo console, which is crazy when you think yeah. about it. Yeah, like that, Grand I, Theft Auto. I had no idea until you um, said we were going to play this game that this was available on the uh, the, uh, the DS. I had no idea. Right. And I'd, never, I'd never seen it before. I'd never seen anyone talk about it before either. Yeah, and the game, you know... I think the only thing this game is really missing that I've seen that I've heard about from other GTA games is all the stuff with hookers. You can't okay. you can't get with a prostitute. You can't yeah. beat up a prostitute. But you're selling drugs. The language is there. It's it's crazy. The violence, the killing. So this is pretty crazy on a Nintendo console. You don't necessarily associate Nintendo with this type of game. Correct. Yeah, and that's why I think I had no idea that that was an option. Mm-hmm. And I think my experience was vastly different from yours because mine was in tune with the stupid stylus controls of the DS. Uh, I think there might be some similarities. Really? Yes. How so? The um, the analog stick on the PSP yeah. the, that's right below the, the D-pad was used a lot to... Um, Perform certain tasks. Ah, okay. So that's yeah. how they kind of did it with the with yeah. the little mini. Um, for instance, if you hijack a car, right? You got to right. uh, you got to start it up. You got to open the the control panel. And you got to take the wires and you got to twist them up, right? Yep. So Same. I had to do that, and I did it all with my stylus. I would pull the wire over. I'd uh, draw a circle, and it would twist them up. How did you do it? For me, I had to – when you're trying to hijack a car that – not all of them you had to do this. Some of them you would, would get different car, things. It would be different things. You get into the car and you had to unscrew uh, on the panel and then you mm -hmm. unscrewed four screws and that you did that by, by spinning the, uh, the, uh, the analog stick in whatever direction it told you to. Okay. And, okay. Then, and then to connect the wires, you hit the left and right trigger – to bring those together. And once they connected, you still had to hold them together and then spin uh, the the analog stick to get it to start. Oh, interesting. Yeah, see, I see. I would have to do that all with the, the stylus. So I would have okay. to draw circles on the screen, unscrew it in whatever direction they told me. The yeah. panel would pop open, and then I'd have to, yeah, I'd put the, I'd, I'd click on one wire, pull it over, click on the other wire, pull it over, and then I'd have to draw a circle again to twist it and start it up. Did you find that fun at first? At first, I was like, oh, this is neat. But that was at first. That was before I realized I was going to have to do this like a thousand times before yeah. I beat the game. Yeah, it, it was, uh, it, for me at first, it, it was it was neat. And then the eventually the, the novelty of that, that wore off. Yeah, very quick. <laughs> Luckily, it, uh, it, it didn't happen too often. Most of the time, it was, you would do it for cars that were parked somewhere. Mm -hmm. And were you know, no one was in the car, and uh, so I could kind of uh, get around it by not uh, 
trying to boost those cars. I would try. Yeah, exactly. I would just start hijacking cars that were already in motion. I'd like run out in the road, get one yeah. to stop, throw. But then you always risk like the cops seeing you and chasing yeah. after you. So it was just, it was a lose lose. It felt like when you were hijacking a car. I just like to start a mission where like the, there's a car parked outside and you can just take it and it's good to yeah. go. You yeah. know, that's when it's great. But uh, okay, so we were talking about the the touch screen, which is good because I happened to find another article in Nintendo Power. Okay. I like reading, if I can, about how Nintendo Power marketed these games, how they promoted them and advertised them. And so this is obviously going to be talking about the Nintendo DS version. But I'm kind of in- surprised that this was actually in an issue of Nintendo Power. With Nintendo Power, you know, kind of, you know, geared towards younger audiences. Yeah. Um, you know, promoting this game. I think I I look at this game as an experiment for Nintendo because it's so outside of their normal wheelhouse, right? That I just and we never saw another one. So what does Nintendo think about this? You know, did they like? Did they were they happy with it? Did it sell a lot? Was it successful? Those are all good questions. <laughs> I know you think I'd have the answers, but I don't. But what I do have is what Nintendo Power said. Now, this is from issue 237, right? And if you go on to page 43, I took a couple of excerpts, and um, this was actually an interview with the creator of the game. Oh. And so I took a couple questions and a couple answers that I thought were interesting. The first question was this. Can you give us some examples of how, of new touchscreen minigames? Obviously, stylus, touchscreen, DS, blah, blah, blah. And he said this, well, in one mission, the player is told to take out targets from a distance. And when they get to their destination, they find a briefcase with parts of a sniper of a sniper rifle inside it. It's such a great feeling constructing the rifle from the parts in the case. It is a great use of the touchscreen, and it feels like an in- integral GTA moment. Did you, and that's end quote, did you put, have to put together this sniper rifle? Yes. And I'm going to disagree with him in saying that it's a great feeling <laughs> because there was two missions where I had to do this. The first mission, I was horrible at it and had to do it multiple times. Mm-hmm. So I got sick and tired of doing the motions of putting this gun together and just, I'm like, just, just let me get through this mission. Just let me do this. I didn't do it with the touchscreen like you. I had to do it with my finger my thumb and putting going through the motions of sliding my thumb this way to put in the the barrel and twist it and uh and maybe maybe the first time it was neat and then after that i you know i was over it and uh so yeah yeah agreed it was a giant waste of time the fact that he says like it's such a great feeling construct no it isn't it was stupid and it felt really gimmicky that was, that was the problem, is all of those things. And it sounds like, I, I wasn't sure if they would exist on the PSP as much as they did in the DS, but it sounds like they're all there. All the same things yeah, are there. I think so. It's yeah. just you, you're using a different uh, way to do it. And it, all of it felt like a total gimmick and a waste of time. That really bothered me about the game. I did not like the touch controls. I, I agree. I'm with you on that one. And there was another uh, question and answer. And this was found on page 44 of issue 237. And it said, what features do you feel are at the heart of every GTA game? And he said this. I think for me, the core of GTA is when you're not playing missions, are you still having fun? If moving around the city and interacting with it, you have no set goal uh, from the game. Wait, did I write this wrong? Uh, You have no set goal, then the game will be great. Uh, when we're working on Chinatown Wars, building it from scratch, there was a point when everything came together and you could hear people around the office laughing and enjoying themselves while they were playing missions or testing new features. When you're meant to be testing a mission, but some random guy carjacks you and you make it your own personal goal to make him pay, and suddenly revenge on that AI guy becomes more important to you than the mission, that's when you know that you've got uh, what you what you've got in your hands is GTA. And I also have a problem with this. Do you have a problem with this? I do, yes. What's your problem with this? My problem with this is basically it's saying that 
the missions are almost uh, like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it says, quote unquote, when you're not playing missions, are you still having fun? Yeah. And what do you say to that? I would say no. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I mean, maybe some people play this game just to shoot up people and just to cause mayhem. And we're, you know, I could see that as being fun. But agreed. But I also feel that this game did not allow you to do that in a satisfying manner. I felt if I wasn't playing a mission, I was just blindly running around looking for nothing. Like I didn't know what I was looking for. I figured when I first started playing the game that eventually I would kind of get my handle on where things are mm-hmm. or, you know, I, this neighborhood is over here. And that was not the case. Yes. If I, did, if I didn't have my GPS, I didn't, wouldn't know where I was going. Yes, I had no that's idea. a great, no yes, that's a great point. I felt the same way. I played this game. How long did you play this game? Uh, probably, t- I think uh, it said 20 hours was my total gameplay. I, it felt like I played a lot longer than 20 minutes or Agreed. 20 hours. It felt like eternity. And you'd think in 20 hours you would be able to learn the map. Not at all. Not at all. I yeah. never learned the map. There were some places where I could like, oh, okay, I'm I'm in um, what was it? Sur- what was it? Cerveza Heights. I don't know. Like, I don't know. You- that's that's the only place I I remembered, like a couple places. But if you put me on somewhere in the map randomly and said get back to here without using your GPS, I, there's no way I could have done it. Right. No way. Yeah. No. Totally. Uh, but the biggest problem I had was I never felt like I got a gist of the map at all. And that really yeah, me, bothered me because you, you have this GPS feature that's really annoying to use. Yes. You have to click on several things. And, and if I can just branch off on that for a second, the whole interface felt really undercooked. Are you talking about like the favorites and um, like uh, points of interest? I guess. I don't know. This is what I mean. You have all these features and you never use them in the game. They never like force you to use them. So you never, ex- you don't explore and, and use it. Cause why would you? Right. And it just yeah, seems did, like, it, it seems very cluttered. I didn't use those either. If I, uh, if I'm thinking of what you're, what you're saying is when you would open the, the, <laughs> your little device, that, yeah, whatever you're looking on your GPS for, you would get like your emails, yeah, and um, which were constant, and that was kind of an annoyance to me. Very annoying. Um, so you get your emails, and you got your um, your contacts, and then your GPS. And within the GPS, there was folders that you could open that would uh, show where different drug dealers were, where um, different safe houses, and like favorites, where you could mark those and put little tabs so it would make it easier for you to find on the map but i i never used those at all it was just very confusing and it overly complicated i guess is is what i felt they could it, have scaled it, it, was, it down it, a little it bit slow. it's it slowed down the pace of the game a and lot it more. yes it was slow because you'd have to wait for it to load up yeah yeah um so bottom line this is Nintendo Power blowing smoke up everyone's butts, I think. Oh, imagine that. Well, at least that's 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 my opinion. Yes. Uh sometimes I agree with Nintendo Power, sometimes I don't. This is a time I do not. I got some questions for you, Mr. Bandy. I'm ready. Question number one. Who is this game for? <sighs> <laughs> I would say people that who are already a fan of the series. Age-wise? I do this for the retro nonsense crew. Age-wise, okay. Uh, 18 and over. 18 and over. And you've got to be a fan of the series already. Yes. I'll agree with you there. Question number two. Is this a good portable game? Loaded question. Loaded question. I... I'm going to say no, in my opinion. It is not a good portable game. Elaborate. Our audience is like, they're in shock and awe right now. I feel that this type of game 
is best suited for to be played on a console. The, the size of the handheld was maybe a little bit of a, a detriment to the game. Right. <sighs> Here, let me help you out. I Please. think that they thought by shortening the missions and, and give it a more pick-up-and-play feel that it would be, you know, more quote-unquote handheld. Right. But I never felt that I could just pick it up and put it down. I felt every time I started playing it that it was more of a commitment than I wanted it to be. Does that yes. make sense? It does. It does make sense because I, I felt I felt the exact same way. Like if you want to accomplish anything and get to the next save point or really do anything meaningful, you do have to play it for a little longer. Right. And that to me is not uh, not the de definition of a uh, of a good portable game. No. No. So I'm going to agree with you there. I don't think it's a very good portable game. Maybe if it was a little bit more polished, it would have been. I, I, it got to the point where I only just was doing the missions. I'm pretty no. sure, I'm pretty confident you could go through that whole game without doing anything except the missions. Yeah, I don't think you even had to sell drugs. You could probably still I, make your way through it. Absolutely. It'd be a little bit tougher because maybe you couldn't buy a safe house here and there, but I, yeah, totally doable. So what's the point of having all that other stuff then? If right. they don't, if there's not a reason you need to do it, why does it need to be there? Then it's just extra fluff material to pad out the game. And I think to answer your, to go back to your question, if, is it a good portable game? Mm -hmm. I think that it's just not a good game. <laughs> that wasn't the question, Mr. Bandy. If, if it, <laughs> yeah, okay. You will get your chance to rate it in a moment, sir. But first question number three. Which version is better, the PSP or the DS? Or if you, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to play it on the iOS or Android. So let's just stick to the PSP and the DS because that's what we played. I don't know. Um, I'm interested to, to uh, see what it is like to use the stylus on the DS mm -hmm. version compared well, to what the analog stick is. Well, I'll tell you this. Using the stylus, I found I couldn't just keep the stylus in its little stylus holder because I was using the stylus too frequently and I, and I would have to use it very quick in a lot of instances. So right. even having it in the little side and taking it out took too long. So what would I do? What was my fix? I'd hold it in my mouth. <laughs> I would. And I'd sit there yeah, and play no, the I'm, game, I'm, I'm, hanging like Ray Stance in Ghostbusters when he's got that <laughs> cigarette hanging down his mouth. That's what I look like with a stupid stylus waiting to use. And I, and I would use that stylus all the friggin' time. And That's I like totally, I grew to resent the stylus by the end of this game. Yeah, I was actually going to guess. I'm like, you read, I, I, I was going to say you were going to hold it in your mouth because I've, I've done that myself yeah. for uh, games that you use that a lot. Yep. I tried yeah, it on the you, ear, but even that was too far. I need it. You, when you're like hijacking a car, you need it like immediately. Yeah. You, you're on a timer. You know, you don't got time to waste. You got to get it there and start doing your thing. So I'm going to go ahead and say the PSP version. I'm going to say the PSP as well. And from what I've heard in the community, the PSP, the PSP, PSP seems to be the preferred version to play it on. Question number four. Can you see, and this is a really a personal question that I could never figure out, can you see how many drugs you have without trying to sell or buy or go to a safe house? Can you go into your little like Nokia computer thing? No, you would have to be at your one of your safe houses and look in your stash bag. For a game that relies so heavily on this selling drugs aspect of the game, yes. you'd think you'd be able to see what kind of stash you got. Because, okay, maybe we need to go back so our audience understands what we're talking about. Selling drugs in the game. This is a big part. This is kind of like how you make money. Right. Because yeah. for the, finishing the missions, you didn't get, you got like 50 bucks or 10, like it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You get nothing, but you can get thousands from selling drugs. Yes. And so you take your 50 bucks from a mission, you go buy some weed from a dealer, and then you sell it to another dealer, um, and he either gives you a good rate or a bad rate. So you either make a profit or you lose, or sometimes you just break even. That's how you make your money. So you want to find the guys 
that will pay more for your drugs than other people. And you'll get emails throughout the game, these stupid emails, um, that'll constantly tell you, here's the best deal, you know, I'll buy coke, I'll buy heroin, you know, if you have um, weed, I'll buy this from you, acid, there's all these different types of drugs. Yeah, and so you want to find, you want to have that specific drug at that time when this dealer needs it to get the best deal and so on and so forth and you're going and you're buying drugs. That's kind of how the drug system works. Right. You bought, you bought low and you sold high. Exactly. And so this whole game hinges on you having the right type of drug, of which there's like, I think, six types of drugs, and then how many you need. But if you can never check that until you're talking to a dealer or you go to a safe house, how ridiculous is that? Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty silly. And I really thought, I really did think, no, I'm just stupid. It's like right in front of me and I'm just missing it. But apparently it's not. Like, you cannot see what drugs you have. That is such a flaw. That's such a flaw. Oh, that drives me nuts. Uh, okay, so question number five. And we kind of talked about this, but did you play any of the side quests? And if so, which ones? You said you did the tattoo one. Did you do any other ones? I think there was one other one where I I came upon it by accident. And it was just a lady standing on the side of the street and it it uh, the only reason i noticed her was because on the uh um on my gps as you're driving there's a gps on the bottom it, it tells you which way to go and uh, gives you other little points of uh, reference but there was a little icon for a person and i stopped and talked to her and i did this mission to where she was like dying or something and she wanted like one last thrill before she died and she wanted you to drive her real fast in a car and do jumps and i did that one okay that's the only one i did yeah 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 and here was another thing those little side missions they did they felt like you were very lucky if you happen to stumble across one and they felt so few and far between so I don't know. They, they were they were pretty random, and they didn't really allude to them. They didn't like say, "Hey, if you want to do this, this is over here. You can go yeah. do this." It was completely random. And again, it didn't feel like the reward was worth it. No, like definitely. You would, you'd make you know fifty bucks. You'd get you know first place or bronze, third place, whatever. And it's like, well, what does that even mean? What does that amount to in the grand scheme of things? Why do I even care about this? No, it did is it did nothing to you know, progress the story. Exactly. So I just gave up on those. I maybe did four or five of them throughout my whole playthrough. Uh, question number six. Could you follow the story? Kind of talked about this before. Uh, yeah, we talked about it a little bit, but um, yeah, there was a lot of, um, honestly, I didn't really care about the story. I didn't care about any of the characters. I, I kind of despised some of them. Mm -hmm. And, the storytelling to me was like they couldn't figure out how they wanted it to be. If they wanted it to be like a comedy or like a serious, you know, gnarly crime drama. Mm -hmm. it kind of, they kind of towed the line with both of those where like, I think if they would have just gone like straight, like intense mob story it would have been better but they threw in these wacky characters in there and this dialogue that to me was awful it just was not written well it got corny after a while the, the jokes were were um just did not hit the mark and you know i didn't there there was one of the characters who i i thought the um the the undercover cop that you did missions for uh -huh. he was about the only character that I really, that I kind of enjoyed and doing some of his missions were, I, I thought were fun. Quick test. What was his name? No idea. I think it was Wade Heston. The Heston. That's correct. All right. I can't believe I remembered that. <laughs> uh, quick, quick test. What's the name of the character you're playing as? Oh, Wang. Wang. I just Wang. wanted to get a sound bite of you saying 
that name. <laughs> uh, that's for you, Retro Fandango. Use it as you would like. Um, yeah, story. You know what I would have liked? Just to put a little button on this, I would have liked a choose-your-own-adventure type thing. I thought that's kind of what it was. Like, who do you align yourself with? Do you align yourself yeah, if- with your uncle, the the dirt, you know, the undercover cop? Like, who who do you align yourself with? I, I thought that way at the very beginning mm-hmm. where like when I was getting these messages saying that, you know, you can go come work for me. I was like, no, I don't want to work for you. I want to stay loyal to my, to my uncle. And I didn't, I didn't get that at first. At first yeah. I was like not yeah. doing those missions. And then it got to a point where like nothing was happening. I'm like, Oh, I guess I need to go do that mission. Exactly. Now. It doesn't, it doesn't matter in the end. You have to do it all. Yeah. So that would have been fun if they would have added that. But yeah, so the story is a little muddled and confusing, but I'm pretty sure that's how they all are in all the GTA games. I'm not really going to fault it for this story because you did get your ending. You got the sword back. And I won't, I won't spoil who killed your father, but it's a, it's a twist you won't see coming from the first minute of the game. Maybe not the first minute, but I, uh, I I called it. I think everyone called the twist, but you'll have to play it to find out. Okay, question number seven. How is anyone supposed to drive in this game without crashing into everything? That's not possible. No, not possible at all. And at first, I, I, as I played, I got a little bit better about handling the cars, but there were some cars that I couldn't handle at all. I think for me the best one was the, I could the taxi was my go-to car to steal because it wasn't too fast it wasn't too slow and it handled pretty well. There were some cars that were way slow. Yep. Some cars that were too fast to where you would crash even more into things and mm-hmm. I couldn't keep it on the road. Which actually like sometimes kind of worked out because this may be the only second we get to talk about this but the cops, you know, you get the star ratings like you see in all the other Grand Theft Auto games. You got cops after you. You get one stars, two stars, three stars. The more stars you got, the more cop presence there's going to be trying to take you down, trying to bust you, trying to arrest you. And the only way you get rid of those stars, at least as far as I know, besides kind of outrunning them for a while, sometimes it starts going down. Um, but you make cop cars crash. So the more cop cars you crash, then they're not following you anymore. So then your star rating goes down. Right. And one thing about the police that I found was kind of amusing was that uh, um, you could do pretty much anything else besides firing your weapon in front of them. You could smash into anybody. You could run red lights. You could you can lightly tap them. You can can give them a little kiss. You can. But you can smash into everything else. You could you could commit vehicular manslaughter you can just mow people over mm-hmm. and they, they they won't care but if you if you if you run into them they, you know they'll they'll light them up and come after you they'll get you too and, if you steal a car yeah if you steal them. a car yeah and if you and if you're if you murder somebody and they, they see you doing it but they they will chase you until you can have five cop cars after you but if you get to your destination point and start the mission, all is forgiven. Yep. Doesn't you, matter. You can have as many stars as you want. Like, all is forgiven. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I wonder if the other games are like that. I don't know. I don't know. Let us know, people. Okay, a couple more questions. This one I don't think we really need to answer. I think we already did. Do you really need to do anything besides the missions? No. I don't think no. you do. Not at all. Um, and then finally, what would you rate this from one to five? Five being perfect. Here we go, Mr. Bandy. Here we go. This I knew this question was coming, and I've been contemplating it for a while. I would give it a, <laughs> a three. And why do you say that? I could see how some people would like it. It's just not a game that's for me. And it's not a broken game. It's just not a game that I would would play. You seem to struggle through that rating. Yeah, I do. Because I... <sighs> <laughs> I wish That's everyone not- could see your face right now. You're like Winona Ryder at the Emmys. 
You got you got every expression <laughs> going through your face right now. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. But for me, yeah, I would give it a just a middle of the road. Seat. I think that's a fair diplomatic answer because it's true. And to be honest, I'm going to echo that sentiment. I'm going to give it a three as well. Okay. Because it is. It, it isn't broken, and, I do, and I've seen a lot of people do like it. Yeah, and th- there were there were there were missions that were fun, mm-hmm. and there were For missions sure. that were 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 not fun. They were just kind of um, fetch missions. If the entire game had been like the last three missions that you played, it would have been amazing. Yes, the the last three missions that you go on, they're really game, fun. They were fun. Yeah, it's just it's it's not for me. Couldn't have said it better myself. But it doesn't matter what we think. Matt Bandy, it matters what the club thinks. And I'm talking about the two-word reviews, of which there were many this month. I'm very happy with the interaction. Of course, you can always leave your two-word review on Twitter with the hashtag CCPortable. And we got a bunch, so let's get to it. So, Buried on Mars, he was the first one. He said, buy drugs. You heard it first from Buried on Mars. I don't know who this person is, so forgive me if I know you, but I don't know you. At Johnny2900 says, underrated game. Musty Hobbit, he said, missing out. And then in parentheses, sorry, exclamation point. Okay, first of all, Musty, you didn't play the game. Second of all, that is three words. It is a two-word review. All right, that's one strike, Musty Hobbit. Three strikes, you're out of here. I wouldn't say he missed anything. Buried on Mars sent in another two-word review. This time he said, sell drugs. Both very good advice. Mm-hmm. STC Pod. He said, don't got, which would have been fine. Okay, he didn't play it as well. He's like Musty. He don't got. But then he had to go and say this. In parentheses, I suck. Bill, dang it, that's four words. This is a two-word review. You do suck. Square Painter got clever. He said Coke and heroin. Now, you'd think that'd be three words, but it's not because he used an ampersand. Smart, yeah. Which is not a word, so he did stick to the two-word review. Coke and heroin. Found a loophole. Is that is is he saying that's his drugs of choice? He's an artist. <laughs> Best answer ever. Uh, your geeky tipster at Robert Santayan. How do you say your name, Robert? And how do you say your last name? Can you spell it out phonetically on Twitter for me? He said. Never played. So we're seeing a um, pattern here developing. A lot of people wanting to let us know they didn't play this game. Well, thank you. Vintage says, culturally insensitive. It's, this is the first time I've seen his review, and that's uh, it's good. He's triggered, as Vintage would say. Triggered. He's got a gift for that somewhere. Derek from Two Dorks. Says drugs FTW. Drugs for the win. Kyle, do you know Kyle? I don't know him. I've never met him. I follow him on. He's a big presence in the Cartridge Club. Yes. And he was a a big advocate of this game on the forums. I I did see him posting on the forums. Yeah. Well, his two word review was going down. What does that mean? I don't know. What do you think it means? Well, could mean, you know, like this deal is going down tonight. You know, that's like what the what the gangsters say, right? Right. right? Yeah, um, it, it, it could be, I don't know, some sort of uh, sexual innuendo, if you want to take it that way. Why he would say that in reference to Grand Theft Auto Janetown Wars, I don't know. But Kyle, thanks for piping in. I'm sorry we didn't like the game as much as you. I still love you. And so does Matt. Right, Matt? 
I do. Chris Roberts actually gave us two two-word reviews. He doubled up. So thank you, Chris Roberts. First one, he said, racially insensitive, echoing vintage video game geeks' thoughts. And then his second one, I love this, sword boobs. I think we all get that. Sword I don't. Boobs. What? I don't get that. Well, if you don't get it, I can't tell you. I'm sorry. And finally, Diego Avila, a Latino lawyer, says, dope beats. Which is interesting. I, didn't, I don't remember listening to the music, but were they dope? Were the beats dope, Matt? Um, there, were, there were some uh, that I enjoyed. And actually, um, can, you, I, uh, can you hum one for me? Just quick, quickly, just no pressure. Come on. Just hum the first thing that comes to your mind. I can't. Just just do it. I can't. Come on. No. Here, I'll I'll start, and then you jump in, and then I'll stop, okay? And then you'll keep going. You're supposed to jump in, Matt. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> what are I, you I, doing? I I'm looking like an idiot I, here. But if we, if we can get back to the music... Uh huh. I did. I did like some of the some of the songs that were played. I like some of the themes that, uh, uh, like every time you went to one of the bosses or one of the guys you were working for, each okay. each guy had their own theme. Did you did you notice that? Did they I, see? I don't know. Yeah. I play a lot of the times with the volume down low because because Layla doesn't like when I play it with the volume up. You uh you can play with headphones in. Well, I'm not as smart as you, Matt. Next time. <laughs> Next time. Uh, Matt, do you have a two-word review? I do. Smash everything. That's true. I, I don't think there's a way to not do that in this game. Uh, that's a good two-word review. Do I have one? I'm going to say say no, as in to drugs and this game. Nice. There you go. That's... Grand Theft Auto, Chinatown Wars on the DS, the PSP, iOS, and Android. Do you have anything you'd like to add about the game before we uh, move on? I don't think so. I pretty much uh, said my piece. Fair enough. If you like this, you might also like Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories or Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories on the PSP. I have not played them, but they do come recommended. So if you need some more handheld Grand Theft Auto fix Maybe try those out. All right, so why don't we talk about what we're playing in the coming months for CC Portable. Very exciting stuff coming up. So next month, we are going to be playing Mega Man ZX for the Nintendo DS, coinciding with CC Prime playing Mega Man 2. But screw Mega Man 2, because all the cool kids... But screw Mega Man 2, because all the cool kids are playing Mega Man ZX, including our very own Matt Bandy. I've already started. Oh, can you give us a little spoiler-free, quick review of what you're thinking so far? Uh, so far, so good. It, um, yeah, I think this will be a good one uh, for uh, people that have not yet taken place in the uh, uh, CC Portable yet, because uh, Mega Man Two. Um, speaking for myself, um, you know, I could finish that in a couple hours. So hopefully, people will get to play uh, both games this month. Well, it was kind of my. Uh thinking on this game too so yeah jump in and play some Mega Man ZX on the DS for next month and very exciting let's talk about October for a second so we had a trick-or-treat poll what that means I don't know it just has something to do with Halloween that's why I called it that but for October we had four games to choose from and I let you guys vote on it four kind of spooky horror themed games and it really was just a battle between two games, and that was Castlevania II Belmont's Revenge for the Game Boy and Resident Evil Revelations for the 3DS. Now, we had a total of 49 votes. A lot of voting. So thank you guys for chiming in on Twitter, sending your votes. Really appreciate it. So with 33% coming in second place was... Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge. I am so sorry, Duke of Retro Nonsense. I know you really wanted to play that. But 37% of you chose Resident Evil 
Revelations as our winning game. I love the Resident Evil franchise. And of course, this also means, as promised, our very special guest that month will be none other than Low Burton. That's right. It's Resident Evil duking it out with Low Part 2. You excited for that, Matt? I don't know if you know, we you don't know, get I... along when it comes to Resident Evil. Or really a lot of stuff. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you know that. Me and Low, we go way back, and we don't we don't agree on a lot of stuff. I didn't know that. I was I was not aware. So when we play and we talk about Resident Evil Revelations, there may be some friction. You know, I've never played a Resident Evil game. Are you freaking kidding me? What have you played, Matt Bandy? My God. I I I play mostly retro. Are you gonna play this game? Yeah. Oh, you're to. gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I mean, maybe you will. Maybe you won't. I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything. October Resident Evil Revelations. And finally, let's do the big November game announcement. For the first time ever, you are hearing it here. In November, we will be playing Patapon for the PSP. What do you think about that? I like it. It's our first, it's a rhythm game. It is a rhythm game. It's our first uh, PSP-specific game. You can only play it on the PSP. And it's apparently really awesome. Have you played it before? I have not played it, but I do have it. And it was by special request of our very special guest that month, of who I will not name. Oh, I think I have an idea, maybe. I'm not going to say, but... um, it was a request, and I followed through, and I'm very excited to play it. So there you go, November's game, Patapon for the PSP. So make sure you go out and pick that up if you don't already have it, so you can join along in November and play it. Well, there you go, Matt. We are at the end of CC Portable. Can you believe it? No, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. And there's more fun to be had when you check out the forums at cartridgeclub.org, where you can share your experiences alongside us. And as always, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Curtis Freisel. And you can let me know what games you'd like to play for CC Portable or if you want to be a very special guest like my good friend Matt Bandy here. And speaking of Matt Bandy, you can find him at... Matt, take it away. On Twitter, you can find me at xmattbandyx. And on Instagram, you can find me at at level11. You post a lot. You're very supportive of the club. You love portable games. I think you're the biggest advocate of CC Portable. Yeah. And you have been from the start. I have been from the start, and uh, I would like to thank you personally for for doing this, uh, oh, for creating the uh, CC Portable, because uh, it allows me to participate in more games for the club. Uh, I don't always get to participate in a lot of the games that we've played lately, so... Uh, mm-hmm. This, I've just kind of, uh, you know, dove in, and uh, I'm loving it. So, thank you. And actually, this was your first uh, Cartridge Club podcast, right? Yeah, first ever. Oh, my goodness. And now it's just, you just wait. You're going to be popping up all over the place. You're going to be on the Fandango, STC Pod. I don't know. What are the other ones everyone listens to? The 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 Dollar Dorks or... <laughs> whatever bonus barrel bonus barrel i don't know if they allow guests on there though do they every once in a while well okay well maybe you'll show up on bonus barrel but anyway thank you matt for being here thanks for having me absolutely and until next time guys cc unite